you can't beat up Jackie Stewart, Sir Jackie no, Stewart. You Sir just can't. I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing that I uh, I didn't think needed to be said. It's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Wait for the final downshift, and we're back with another episode of An American's Guide to Formula One. I'm your host, Andy Lewis. I'm joined via the telephone by my co-host, Papa T-Sauce, a.k.a. Spicy Ketchup, a.k.a. Tim Lewis. Hey, Dad, how yes, you doing? Me. I'm doing all right. Yeah. We've had, a, we've had a rough week or so. We did. Um, we so. had family in town and then we had an unexpected passing in our um extended family um so we're getting to this episode a little bit delayed um and it actually is coming at a good time because we're both also bummed because there's no um grand prix this weekend the emilio romano grand prix at imola was officially canceled yesterday. Um, no, Wednesday. Wednesday, whatever. Yeah. Um, first of all, we want to say our, you know, thoughts and prayers and whatever to uh, all the people in that region. Uh, to be bummed about a, a a Formula One race is one thing, but to lose your house or I heard three people died in the floods, so. Before we yeah. get too out of hand with missing our silly race cars, um, let's remember that people's lives are devastated. Um, so we hope for uh, a fast and recovery for a lot of that that community that's been really yeah. Did you did you devastated. see the headlines? Did you no. see the headlines this afternoon uh-uh. or late morning? Um, FIA is given one million pounds in relief. Oh, that's good for them. In a relief effort for the the region. So that's yeah, good. As yeah, as like I said, as bummed as we all are that we're not going racing this weekend. And really I was just excited to see that tra- racetrack again because I really enjoy it. Um but it let's be real. To have held the Grand Prix um would have been irresponsible. Um it would have taken resources away from from people who actually needed it, and it's yeah. There will be another. There'll be more days to race. So um, right, but it totally. I did. I am pissed off about how it screwed up my strategy for a grid ride. It it. Re- I didn't even think about that now. It really because I had yeah. I I had worked I, my whole lineup so I could have straight line speed. And now we're going to Monaco. We're going to Monaco, and we're not Jeez. gonna. I'm not gonna get, be able to pick, pick Alonzo for Monaco. I'm pissed. Um, oh, I didn't. How I come didn't you can't even think how come about you, it? How come you can't pick Alonzo? Because he, I had him for five races, so Amelia was gonna be my, um, my first rate. My yeah, race but see, they, they, see, they're carried over. See, they carried over your contract. I know, but I'm saying I was I out of contract with, with Alonzo. So yeah. I needed a race. 
I needed one race where I couldn't pick him as my driver. That was going to be Imola. So now it will have to oh. be. Mon- it will have to be. So he, you, what you're saying is you had him locked out. I am locked out. Yeah, for, that's what I said. For, for Imola, nice. For the out for, for, my- for his best chance <laughs> at a race win in yeah. ten years. I'm telling you, man. I I cannot wait for qualifying session, but we're getting way ahead of our house ourselves. We need to talk qualifying. For yeah, the United States Grand Prix admit- at Miami. Yeah, okay. I just I couldn't get over my pissed offness. So let's let's rewind. We can we can come back and talk about good rivals. But let's yeah. rewind to how absolutely you, me, Matt and probably every Formula 1 fan that's not a Max Verstappen fan or a Charles Leclerc fan was post qualifying Miami. Can you can you remind us what happened, Pops? Well, uh, both McLarens were out in Q1. Well, that, Stroll, was, that wasn't why I was excited. <laughs> oh, where we were excited? Yeah, why were we oh, – why thought, was we – why were you I and I we're, texting and calling each other at post-qualifying? <laughs> uh, you act like I got a memory. A certain, you know, I am an old guy. A certain uh, <laughs> red-flag red incident later last minute and a half of Q3. Oh, that. Yes, that. You mean, well, you know, you mean the dude who has replaced Mick Schumacher for the guy who wrecks a lot? Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about Leclerc spinning, going for his final flying lap. Yeah, that's the guy who's replaced Schumacher who likes to crash. I, I was, I, he, Leclerc didn't replace Schumacher. There was like three drivers post Schumacher before Leclerc even came to the team. I'm thinking of like, well, I'm thinking, okay, well, Hulkenberg replaced about, Schumacher and, and he hasn't crashed one time. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no, no Le- incident. Leclerc, Leclerc is just picking up. Where Mick left off, so that's all I was bringing up. But boy, I what a, I heard! I actually what a, heard what crappy timing that Leclerc has crashed more this year alone than Schumacher crashed all of last year. Yeah. So that should put. We're gonna come. We're gonna. That's something I wanted to talk about. Is that reminds me Leclerc of Leclerc is really really off form this year. That, and, that I mean, reminds me of a song. Yeah, lay it on me. Ooh, we. What up with that? Oh, what, what up, up with that? What up with that? What do you want? What do you want up with I that? Said, what yeah. up? I said, what <laughs> up with that? Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's a, it's a, it's kind of, I was thinking about this, that LeClaire hasn't had this many crashes in a really long time. And one thing that Leclerc is always quick to do is hold his hand up and say, that mistake was mine. I, you know, I think back to Paul Ricard last year, the crash that took him out of contention pretty much for the world title. Um, and maybe his best shot at a world title. Um, but I, I wonder, like, if it's enough anymore to keep saying, oh, I made a mistake, I can't do that. Well, you're continuing to do that. 
And I was listening to the race talk about this, some of the guys from the race. And um, they were talking about, and, and we kind of, a lot of people know that Leclerc is another level of, of, of driver ability. That you've often heard pundits and us talk about how a driver will will drive past the car's capability. That that meaning like they're getting an extra tenth or two tenths or three tenths than anybody will and or where that car should be. And I think for so long the Ferraris have been off the pace that Leclerc feels like he needs to make up the difference. Uh to mm-hmm. to, to put that and we've seen him do it to put that extra little bit um, to to get those pole positions, to get those amazing laps when the when the Ferrari is is three to six tenths off the pace, you know. And he was winding up to go for one of those, but he um, he messed up. He he. Caught a little bit, took a little bit too much curb, bottomed out, lost some downforce, and he spun, red flagging the the Q3 session with Max out of position. Max was, he had done a banker lap and was gearing up to do his final flying lap with a minute 30 left, and the red flag, and because they red flagged with only like a minute and 30 left, there was no not enough time for cars to go back to come in and go back out once the track was safe. Um, so they just ended the session. So yep. we're left with, you know, Leclerc P7, which is kind of crazy that his bank, we were just talking about this before we started, that his banker lap was good enough for P7. Um, and Max Verstappen all the way down in P9 and Sergio Perez claiming his second pole position this season. Um so that's why we were absolutely ecstatic getting back to that point. Um, but back on Leclerc is um, I don't think he's confident in the car. I don't think he really knows what he's doing. And he's walking on a knife edge, as Ed Straw likes to put it. Um, but he's, I think this season more often he's slipping off the knife edge than he's impressing us with his superb driving ability. And I wonder if some of that's just down to his headspace. He he seems defeated. He seems unable to like really regain a momentum again. What do you think? Yeah. I I I, I hear what you're saying. Um what's what's distracting him? What cuz he's got the ability I mean, you know, he's he, he's P1 in qualifying a lot this year. Or is it not. that the car is just that difficult? Like he doesn't have confidence in it. That they're well, they're trying to find different setups in the rate, like, you know, in qualifying and practice and stuff, and it's bouncing around so much that he's unable to really feel confident. Well, how do you how do you qualify so well? You have to be. Or, you have to know your limit. And, you have and to yet, really know your limit and be confident in the, there you go. the ability to not go past it. There you go. So, and I think that is gets, the car. Go ahead. Sorry. Is the car more? Un, is the car more unstable during the race when there's crowds, um, as opposed to during qualifying? Is 
Is it psyche? Is it? I think it's Ferrari putting the pressure on. Um, I think it's that. We're we're behind. This is my chance. We're good in qualifying. I need to get ahead to hopefully boost myself. But then it's, um, just like I think it's all that. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. We're behind. We're I I need to make up the difference. Um but I just I just wonder cuz the 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 race posed this question and I want to pose it to you is is Leclerc too far along in his career in F1 and at Ferrari? He's been at Ferrari now since 2019. Yeah. Is he too far along in his career to be making these mistakes despite how good he is? Because let's not let's not let's not kid ourselves that if any team with an open grid spot has a chance to sign Leclerc, they're going to sign it. He is maybe second or third most desirable racing driver that I can think of on the grid. I think Max would probably be the highest most desirable, followed by Lewis but you would bring his age would come into play. So I would say mm-hmm. he's probably on equal footing with Lewis Hamilton as desired. But I look at his his recent track record and I don't see it. And I wonder when is Max or when is Leclerc gonna start driving like a, a driver of his experience? Yeah. I, I th- that is the question. Because how come he's not? Because remember, you know, if 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 he was a rookie and didn't have the the raw ability that he's had and the proven you know quickness, but like we said when we started this discussion, is he has more crashes already this season, race five, than Mick had all of last year, and he yeah, lost his seat. A- Granted, yeah. his crashes were much more costly. <laughs> And bigger, <laughs> but there's still more. A mistake is a mistake, and it's still costly at the end of the day. Was the talk on that where he cut the curb during Q3 and and went spin o spin spin? Was that kind of a rudimentary type of corner? It wasn't that tough. But he if I remember did. correctly, to Mark Hughes' analysis on the race, he says uh-huh. that it it. It was in one of those long, fast turns, and it come. He believed that the crash came from a lack of confidence, like not not being able to absolutely trust the car. Uh huh. Um, and when you are not confident in a Formula One car, is apparently the most dangerous state of driving in a Formula One car, is because they are designed to be driven in at a certain pace and with a certain confidence. Um, and it, it, it appeared to be that, but. I mean, did anybody else have issues with that corner? Well, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think remember. so. I mean, I, I know last year people did, and especially when it's windy, it can be a tricky corner, but um, re- regardless, it was a mistake that was costly because he had to come back. He had to drive from seventh. You know. But it's not known as it's not known as the notorious what turn seven or whatever it was. No, see that's the thing. Why it just seems like come on. So 
Let's get to the race. Enough, enough digging yeah. into Leclerc. But let's. What get, about? Well, let's get to finishing qualifying. Oh yeah. Well, that, I thought that was yeah, funny. Man. I think. I think. I mean. Oh, well, Fernando Alonso P two because of that. So <laughs> Alonso yeah. is back with the pace. And then Science at P three. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and that's then even, K-Man that's what makes P4. that what that's what makes that, yeah that's what makes Leclerc his mistake so I don't know highlighted as a Carlos signs is P three well so let's be real if if Leclerc would have put that lap together most likely would have been faster than um Fernando and Sainz. I would say Fernando Empress, but definitely faster than Magnuson. More than likely, Science. I think. I you know. So you're Leclerc, saying he? You think he he would have been P one again? That would have been my guess. Okay. And le- but then also Max, the way Max was driving over the weekend, I think oh, probably could have been on pole. So it may have been Max, uh, Leclerc, Perez, but. Which is what I was expecting. I mean, I was really expecting that. And then I was so excited when the crash happened. I jumped out of my seat. I was ecstatic because we talked about, you know, for a Perez title fight, things like that got to happen, and then they happened. <laughs> yeah. Which is all That's the right. more reason. Well, okay, before we get to that, I the other – other things I want to talk about is Botas P10, first first Q3 appearance all year, so that was I was I was hopeful about that. Just narrowly beating out Alexander Albon, Magnussen P4, and that was the with, first time and that was lap. Yeah, what was the first? But time? see that 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 uh, Botas, um, that was the first time Alpha Alpha Romeo has gotten into Q3 this season. Wasn't yeah. Bodhi got. That's why I just so, said. Yeah, but you didn't say it was the first time this season. You just said he got into Q3. I'm pretty Q10. Sure we'll have Rick check it back. Oh, well, I'm not. Rick. Rick? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ricky. Come Ricky. Um, and then Gasly finally showing some form again, too, with that P5. Um, and Ocon both getting into both the Alpines getting into um, Q3, which is where they we should have regularly expected them to be. Um, I think so. But uh, wasn't the wasn't saw, there a I lot of talk? A great, I saw a great um, meme where it was Fernando Alonso. He has currently seventy five points, I believe, in the world in the standings. Let me find it. Let me make sure. 75 points, and Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly combined have 14 points. So, are you sure? I'm positive. I'm looking at it right now. Pierre Gasly, eight points. Esteban Ocon, six points. Eight plus six is 14. I'm good at math. That's the so for all of us who are going, what a cash grab, just going over there. He's got 75 points. He has more points 
then I think even what's the constructors? How many does Alpine have totally? They have 14 points as well. So that's 28 points. So the constructor and both drivers, he has 50 more points, 51 more points than the entire Alpine team. (laughs) (laughs) Five races in, too. Five races in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he knew something was up for sure. Yeah. Um, Hey. Hey. I had a question. I had a question. Lay it on me. Wasn't didn't McLaren come in with lots of upgrades this race? It was Azerbaijan, and it was their big upgrades gave them two tenths at Azerbaijan, and then now, now, and they didn't get out of Q one. They didn't even get out of Miami. Oh, I mean, Hmm. can you just remember what's happened? What happened? Like what? Like what happened? Just not too long ago, we were like it was Norris P four or close to the or the podium every race, and then wow, I don't know what they need to do, but they need to do it quick. It's just kind of yeah. Nick DeVries is out qualifying you in an, in an AlphaTauri. I mean, but the other thing I wanted to touch on is is how long is Lance going to get embarrassed and then still get talked up before something good (laughs) happens? Because he's down here in P18 while his teammate is in P2. And in the race, spoiler alert, what you already know, Fernando got on the podium again. Meanwhile, Stroll is not even in the points. Ten places back. And me, and, and Alonzo's okay. Alonzo's going what what places what places Lance in and they're like P thirteen and they're like oh that was a good move in turn one though like he's dry he's driving around in an F one car watching the big screens just looking for moments to like again I'm gonna bring up my my theory that he gets paid to talk good about Lance every time he says something good. On, on the radio, he gets a little, 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 little cashola from Papa Lance, <laughs> Papa Stroll. And then if it gets picked up by broadcasters, he's got to get a, another bonus. He Maybe he gets a DB11 every time he talks about it. <laughs> and it gets picked up. I don't know. Either that or he is just a genius and that he's caught on that when he does that, he gets broadcasted. Um, I also heard on the race that out of all of the F1 drivers' social media accounts, his has grown the most this year, like from the start of the year to now. That all Not of surprised. The, it is kind of crazy to think about all these new fans. Like, we love – I was an Alonzo fan when he was at Ferrari. That's when I first – I was really a big Alonzo fan back then. I thought, he was, I thought he was very great when he was Renault where he got his world champ championship that was just before i started really getting into the sport yeah so i never actually i need to go back i think i need to go back and just like rewatch those seasons because you can do that on the um f1 tv isn't that amazing because i because i do want to i know i know about it from like going like listening and talking to you and stuff but i never i didn't watch it 
And I would like to, I should go back and watch it. Those were some cool days. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of peak Formula One car was the early noughties, the early O's, um, V10s. I mean, that is Mm -hmm. the sound that I think of when I think of F1. The V8s are close. I don't, I mean, I really don't think of the V12s that much because I was well before my era. Um, But the V10s, I think they looked pretty cool. They were, that was the last of the like small cars. But Mm -hmm. what, what, getting back onto my point is it's crazy that like, He's genuinely has new fans and more new fans than any other F1 driver on the grid. Um, that just shows the moment that Fernando's having. And it's, but I think it's just, it is really impressive. I forget that he is 41 years old. Like, is he that young? <laughs> is he that young? Is he that old? I mean, it's I, just, I thought he, I thought he was, Older than that. No, he's like 44. No, he's 41. Oh, well. He's still the oldest (laughs) driver, but he is doing absolutely incredible. You know, actually, about this race, flat out, he's just a groovy guy. I mean, he is in the, I mean, he's just, he really is, uh, he's often, uh, uh, who, who, who refers to him as a wily old fox? Is it, is it Kravitz, Ted, or, uh, Crofty? Some the wily uh, old fox. One of those guys. But he is. I like that yeah. we're getting to see the just the ability of Alonso and not the him having to like find all these little tricks to get it attention. But I still yeah. think he's getting paid to talk good about Lance because I don't know how you can talk good about somebody <laughs> who's finishing ten spots behind you. He's just a positive guy, man. Um I wonder how long Lance can just get absolutely destroyed by Fernando before they think about replacing him, if they ever will. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I think definitely if the growth really continues, at like if they improve upon being the third fastest car and like next year they're regularly in contention for race wins, um, they they should seriously consider finding somebody else because when you're going for championships world championships every point counts and you can't have somebody finishing on the podium and somebody finishing outside yeah. the points like you just can't yeah this could this could be a really functuescent silly season coming up here in the next i think a lot of people are still under contract i don't think i think it's going to be relatively tame actually well, I think Lewis is one of the only drivers that's out of contract at the end of the Well, year. I'm just talking about how bad can you be before things change in, in respect to Stroll, and McLaren, what a, Alpine, what's gonna, AlphaTauri. Yeah, what's going what's gonna to happen with uh, Leclerc? Is, is Ferrari going to get in a mood and is say— Is he going to want to get out of Ferrari? I uh, Max Matteo Patty sent me a clip too of uh, Pierre or Esteban Ocon, I believe it was, on a podcast, talking about just like like realistically how much the cars do make a difference. And he says he believes that every single driver on that grid is separated by if they were in the same thing, two tenths. 
he said. Two tenths. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is, which would, A, that's remarkable. I think there's more in it in some of those guys. Um, I really do think Max stands out. I mean, I don't like the guy, but we, I mean, we're going to talk about it during the race. There's no denying yeah. him. And Leclerc over a, over a single lap, I think, is probably has the most inherent raw ability from what I've seen. Um, because remember when Max was out of a car, like he wasn't like it where the rebel wasn't the quickest car. He was never throwing it on pole. Surprisingly, like Max is really good and he's really consistent, but I don't, I don't want to talk about that yet. Anyways, where were we going? Well, and then the other, well, I think the other thing about qualifying that I think we should move on, but you know, Hamilton was out in Q2 qualified p13 what a i think that was that was a surprise to me really surprised and then especially to have russell p4 too mm-hmm. um i was I, I guess hamilton has said he is really like really was really outspoken about the car in the off season and that they had to move that to to accommodate well russell zero, wait, wait, wait. yeah to accommodate that russell zero, qualified p6 Oh, I was looking at the race. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. But, but both still, of them moved up. Nice. But um, still, that was just a surprise to me. It's a surprise anytime a seven-time world champion at Mercedes is out in Q2. That's Out uh, that, Q2, yeah. You know, that is really so far below the mark of that organization. That is another reason why I'm really looking forward to this, this new Red Bull po- side pods more – um, car, but I guess it's also front suspension too. So the car that they were supposedly that they were were going to have at the new race or at at Imola, and now we'll have to wait to see it at Monaco. But different side pods, completely different body shape, look. Right, and that's right. A new front suspension. Um, man, wouldn't it be so cool if it automatically was just? I don't think it will because there's some there's some tracks that we've seen a second off the pace, and I also. I really don't think we're seeing the Red Bull flat, flat out yet either. That's what the, that's the scuttlebutt, that's, isn't it? Yeah, that they're still not letting the letting the boys have the have the full the full beans yet. And let's not mm-hmm. forget that they have development planned throughout this year as well. Like they're not Red Bull is not going to just sit idly by and let let everybody catch up. They're still. Mm-hmm. developing their car which is already so much faster which we just getting to the race we just saw on perfect display but before we go into the race a nice little break break up and it's been a couple of weeks since we've had one but how about a moment with martin before we get to the race seeing as how our moment with martin comes from his grid walk um at the miami grand prix you ready for a moment with martin dad little pal i answer? am I most certainly am. Here we go. Good job. You, can, you can't. You can't beat up Jackie. So Jackie Stewart. You really can't. <laughs> you can't beat up Jackie Stewart, Sir Jackie Stewart. No, you Sir just can't. I mean, it's a thing. It's a thing that I uh, I didn't think needed to be said, but apparently, it does in Florida. How do you not? 
notice Sir Jackie Stewart. I mean, the guy I mean, wears a matching plaid hat to his pants at every single race. I mean, just the clothing he wears should be enough. And he's he's and then, 85 or something like that, 83 or 85. Yeah, let's rough up this old fart here. Yeah. So, first of all, <laughs> the fact that there are areas where Martin Brundle and Jackie Stewart can't go is an abomination for the Miami Grand Prix. Like, that is there weird. should be a – every person in security, every person at every gate, if you're an F1 driver, past or present or whatever, you should just have – uh, like access to anywhere you want to go as far as I'm I think concerned. they call that, especially that, if you're a world champion, like <laughs> if you're a, and star, talks, if and talks with a cool it. accent. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you got a, and you've had a sword slipped over your shoulders. You know, that's very, I think that, oh, that should get you, that should gain you entrance into anywhere, but apparently not. Um, so that was from Martin's Grinbach. He's trying to talk to Roger Federer. He's yelling at Roger. <laughs> Roger. And and you can kind of faintly hear Jackie says, I'll go get him. And he just ducks under the <laughs> fence that they're being like not let in. And uh, he's like, there's like three security guards trying to stop Jackie Stewart. And and Martin's like, you, you can't beat up Jackie. Come on, let him, let him go. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. So, my, all of my excitement for <sighs> the Grand Prix came to a uh, screeching, screeching halt at lap fifteen. Yeah. It only took Max fifteen laps to go from P nine to P one. In an era, yep. in, in an era that you know, like, and okay, everybody, all before Miami, I was seeing all this conversation and all these videos about, oh, we're back to, we're back to, it's really hard to overtake an F one. All of the, all of the gains that were made by going from going to ground effect, we've all, all of the teams have caught up and found the way to increase the turbulent air, and 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 it's just boring. It's just boring. All I want to say to all those people is, where were you? Were you not watching the Miami Grand Prix? That was I was I wa I watched the F one race in thirty before we watched the show. There was so much good on track action, and and that's not just all Max passing everybody either, but you had Leclerc out of position, you had Hamilton out of position, you had. You know the um, the Haas of um, Magnuson. Magnuson all the way up in fourth at the start. Um, I mean, there was some really, really good on track battles, wouldn't you say, Pops? Well, yeah. I mean, you were talking about a God. This is going to be a great show. I mean, will Verstappen even get out of the first lap? Yeah, and man, he showed some real maturity. Really. Um, at, at the start of that race, that he he knew that he had. I, I mean, usually you just would expect Max to go whole hog like a bull in a china shop. Well, no, he he kind of he kind of he uh, survived the start. I mean, 
P nine, man, that's some that's well, some busyness yeah, he, going on he back in that area. Lost positions at the at the start too. Yeah, to 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 stay out of some stuff, and he so like end of lap one, I was like, yes, this is what we need. Perez P one. Max gained no positions, and then like by lap seven, he's pulling off double overtakes on Leclerc and Magnussen in one yeah. corner. But yeah, he was it was calculated. Well, and he was so confident going in. In a pre race mm-hmm. interview, he said, "They're like, what's your realistic expectation for the for the end of the race, Max?" And he says, "Minimum P two, minimum." And so he's like, "I'm winning the race. Like I don't." don't know why you're asking me such a stupid mm. question like i'm gonna win this race and not only am i gonna win it but i'm gonna win it by five seconds thank you very much like i mean i know I, like he is a not a very likable character but there is there are few f1 drivers that can drive the way he can and i mean i'm talking historically um, Max is without a doubt, like I know he's already climbing the leaderboard lists of, on like stats alone, but he is one of the one of the all time greats. Like he just is. I just yeah. Um, and it's 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 performances like Miami that really highlight his ability. Yeah, and how how much he well a how fast that car is that he's able to do that, but. You still you still have to be you still have to know what you're doing. You still have like these cars are crazy hard to drive. Probably some of the hardest F1 cars to drive that there have ever been. They're so big, you sit so low, visibility is so hard. They're they're not super agile compared to other Formula One cars. Um, and then you're driving it on a pseudo street circuit with actual barriers, and there's and you're starting ninth, and you just he's it's like I, I was listening to the or watching the race in thirty, and one of the commentators is like, "This literally looks like when you're watching your friend play the F one video game, and he has it set to easy." Like it really did mm-hmm. look like that at some moments. That Red Bull is so fast. Some of the moves he was making were so late. Um, like it's the opposite to the Leclerc Ferrari thing where Max is so confident in that car and its abilities that it's like, well, yeah. he'll wait. Oh, no, he won't. He's passing him now. <laughs> Actually, he's taking <laughs> both of them. And we're, you know, after the, the disastrous qualifying of McLaren with all their upgrades and stuff they had brought in the prior race, and you would expect them to do pretty good. Piastri gains five positions on the first lap <laughs> and then but made up for lost time and they ended, ended up getting up 19th getting lapped yeah so um, i thought that was pretty cool at the beginning thing well yeah what did he, they find starts really good and then and then and then norris 17 oh jeez, that's what the heck but so that was kind of the that's about the most exciting part of the race um, was the brilliant brilliance of Verstappen. Um, I, I don't know say, what. I what thought, about the midfield stuff? I thought I thought the battle for with between Leclerc and Magnussen was some of the best driving we've seen year this year. Yeah, that was cool. It was so fun to just oh Leclerc's got him. Nope, 
Magnuson's back. No, Leclerc's got him. No, Magnuson's back. There were two times on two separate laps where they were coming down the back, the long back straight. Uh, Leclerc gets to RS, goes around him, and then you go through the twisties, and then you have that next DRS zone down. It's like a shorter one. And that that was a, you saw this happening all the time where where they would okay they would either back off because they didn't want to get DRS they they wanted to have DRS in the second DRS zone to try and pull away um, and so you know Leclerc would get him on the long DRS but then Magnussen would get him back it was like the, a perfect over under every time until the third mm-hmm. and final time where where Leclerc hangs back on the first DRS zone and then gets it for the second one and passes him. But doing that can bite you in the butt. Um, Ocon was doing that or was it, it was either Ocon or Gasly was doing that when, um, Verstappen was on his way through, but, um, he, and he backed off too much and that put Russell, um, right on his tail, and Russell actually got to go through as well when Max went through, um, because he he was like, oh, well, I gotta save. I don't want to have. I don't want to give him two DRS zones, and but it put him right in in the in the DRS zone of of George Russell coming through. But I would love to have. I should have counted the number of overtakes, but that was a super overtakey race, and it was. I I really enjoyed it, minus really being deflated by all of the my predictions going out the window mm-hmm. <laughs> and and just well just the awe of max just unstoppable did you uh did you listen to peter windsor's analysis of the race this week i didn't did you you know yeah it was um very interesting first of all it kind of set the stage apparently there was a lot of rain overnight prior to the race yeah all the rubber got washed off and so Pirelli was coming out with the tire strategy to the teams and um Verstappen went totally against it they were they were recommending start medium and on hard yeah that was that was a Pirelli strategy but Verstappen uh started on the hards after a the rain had washed the rubber off, you know, it really cleaned up the track. And Peter Windsor was just saying how brilliant that, that was, he felt that that was just, I, he still felt that Verstappen probably would have won, but it might, but he just going out with the hards to start the race and then switch into the mediums. Well, I think because of the race, the the race guys touched on this a bit too. That nobody foresaw the hard being as good of a race tire as it was. Yeah, and I forget which official compound was it. The C four was it the C? It was the second. It wasn't the hardest hardest compound. I think it was typically like what some mediums are. Um, because it was you know they have like they have C one, C two, C three, C four, C five, and then but there's three selections out of those. Right. Um, but it, so it wasn't the hardest compound. Um, but, but it, but it, it's, it's dag, I think the, it, A, the, the track was hotter on the, on the race day than it was on qualifying, 
which allows more energy to get into the hards faster. Um, and, but which is also worse for all those like Perez who started on the mediums. Cause when you have full fuel loads and the softer tire and it's hotter and the track doesn't have the rubber, like it's, it's quite abrasive. It's going to shred those mediums. Right. And they thought, but, but Windsor was mentioning, he says the only time that they did full, the only tires they tested with full fuel load were the mediums. Yeah. So that's what I think. And so that going with that strategy was what you wonder what, it, what they were thinking. I think they were just no. trying to hang max out and, and hope for a, a I mean, let's be honest. They, they, there should have been a safety car. Like well, I was yeah, expecting that... a safety car. And I think that was the, I think, you know, I think, um, Magnuson, it wasn't Magnuson on the hards as well. No, he, they would have put him on the. But anybody kind of out of position, I think, went was on the hards, or or going for a longer first stint because the likelihood at a street circuit of a of a safety car is high, and you know you have Max with the ability to go long and deep and then catch a like lucky safety car. I think was yeah. was probably what they were going, and then as they started yeah, running, maybe. They the 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 pace of that hard just surprised everybody, and it ended up being yeah. so. Dad, why, if the hard tire the was so good, race, I mean, why Max, why did they have Perez start in the put in the fastest lap? I mean, yeah. well, it, what, nobody expected Perez's that tire position to do what start it did. was at P one, correct? Yeah, he got pole. Yeah, so you want to have a tire that is. You expect to start with a tire where you're going to have a good hookup with the track so you can maintain that P1 position. Softer tires tend to do that. Whereas Max back in P9, I mean, he's, his goal for the first lap is just stay out of other people's way to be allowed to, so he could just finish the race and then go from there. And yeah. then I think everybody was surprised at how well the hearts ultimately uh, I mean, it was the best tire of the race. It, it it was, but there was no like you said earlier on. They hadn't they had not done any full fuel load runnings on the hards. They, you know, and it's it's really unheard of. It would have been a a very backwards looking strategy to have started a, a a on pole on the hard tire, knowing the likelihood of a safety car, knowing. You know, because if there would have been an early lap incident or, you know, even 10, 15, 20 laps in, that would have put Perez into a, a really difficult situation because those tires would have actually just been coming into a good, they would have had 20 laps of running left and he would have switched onto the mediums, which then would have probably brought around a, a second pit stop. So it's easy now to look back and said, oh, they should have just started Perez on the hards too. And then we would have had a closer fight at the end. But, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, you just have to look. There's nobody that's going to keep up with Perez. Even if Perez did lose out to Alonzo on the start, yeah, he was going to pass Alonzo within a lap or two. Speed, yeah, yeah. So once DRS opened, I think it would have been yeah. And then, but uh, you also have to think about how good of a defensive driver Alonzo is how good at playing that game 
he can be and how ruthless he can be at times. And do you also trade that? The I mean, of, I think, of course, they knew that they could pass him with the straight line speed advantage that they had, but there's always the the late move, the misread, the there, and there's a puncture or a you know a broken suspension arm, and your now your advantage is completely gone if you're lucky or you're completely out of the race, you know, if something worse, more permanent. Uh, you're probably relying on the experience of both drivers of, you know, Alonzo's tough to pass. And he's a, I don't know if ruthless is, is the word I'd use, but he's just savvy, but he's not stupid. Yeah. And he's not, and he's not malicious, I don't think. No. And, and so I think it would have been a good racing. But how how can how can you overcome what twelve miles an hour faster in the straight or whatever? Uh, you can't. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. Well, so he doesn't pass him on the second lap. It was wait till DRS is enabled and then just blow the doors off. Or so, or yeah, just I mean, with those hards and Perez's ability to manage tires. Because think of yeah. think of, we we're we're comparing this to Max's tire egg and how long Max was able to make those tires run, and he was in dirty air and lot and nine cars worth of traffic, and he got forty he got forty something laps out of them. What would what what could have Perez done starting in clean air or eventually getting to clean air? Because I think the mediums fell off after twenty something laps, right? Yeah. And you don't even need to fall off completely when, like you said, that there's a straight line speed advantage of 15 plus clicks, you know? So it's not like you have to be like tearing up the corners to keep pace with the Aston Martins. I mean, there is no car well, at the, this point. The Aston is the closest be, to them. And it's well, closest, but it's that's that's kind of like. Well, yeah, they're the closest, but they're still in the next county. Correct. I mean, but they're the closest that, of all the field. But I think at two point, only two points this year has Ferrari even equaled uh, Red Bull in the speed traps. Only two points this year, and it's very you know track track specific. And I think it was during Baku when they brought that the Baku special wing, and they weren't as draggy as they usually are. Yeah. So, and then, I mean, and we have to come back to, it was almost a guarantee that there were going to, there was going to be a safety car. Yeah. I in mean, this race. The, the likelihood. And who would have, yeah. And, and so as you look at that, keep, keep Max safe during the start. He may lose a few positions, but just stay out of the chaos. Um, and he's a good enough driver, uh, to manage hard tires. They just, I don't think anybody expected the hard tires to hook up as well as they did. No, but nonetheless, uh, as you start to look at it in retrospect, it was okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Hindsight Let, makes everything a little get, difficult. Yeah. Get, let's just get Max going. We know he can pass. We got the fastest car likely going to be a safety car he can come in and you know 
likewise with Perez. He's known for being able to manage his tires. We need to have him be able to hook up at the beginning to maintain P1 or at least stay close. And, um, again, likely a safety car. He'll be able to come in uh, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And and then they would they also would have the advantage of knowing how the hards were going to work because they would be seeing what Max was doing. Well, and see, that gave me and, some and, false hope, too, towards the end when I knew that when I saw how good the – Hards were for Max, and I was like, "Okay, Perez is going to get a chance at this because Perez will be." But I, I, you know, because Perez's tire management is so well, I thought he would have enough of an optimal enough of the tire left to battle with Max toward the end. But I think the low level fuel on those mediums and the track temps by that point, the track had rubbered in quite a bit, and yeah. They, I mean, Max it would have been five seconds on Perez after he passed him. I think he needed, um, he needed more pace, and he just didn't have it on the tires on that strategy. But it was without with the lack of information that you had. If you're a strategist, it was the logical tire um, choice setup, you know, for a P1 start, and that and the. The tire choice for Max in a P9 start, well, that was the logical choice, and it just worked out that way. I'm just, as a fan of Perez and the not wanting Max to just completely run away with this, I, I, it seemed like the optimal conditions for a Perez victory again, but it just didn't play out. Agreed. Uh, yeah, it was that, and that's what makes. That drive by Verstappen, so brilliant. I mean, he was very confident. I think he was asked before the race, he said, what's your realistic what's realistic finishing point? And he said, P2 minimum. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think he had yeah. uh, any doubt on himself or the ability of that car to, to get through that field. I, I mean, what was it, lap 19? He was in second place or something like that. Oh, let me see. I got my... Uh, let's see he went to lap 15 he got he moved to p2 so yeah he was there with 40 laps left (laughs) and all he had to do is (laughs) catch perez in 40 laps i think that was we were all Uh, saw the writing yeah and and no and knowing that perez had to change a compound on his Pit stop. I mean, I think when, that, he came, yeah. when he when Perez came out of the pits, uh, Max was like almost within DRS. I think he was one point three seconds behind. Yeah, it was on on better tires. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's something else we need to talk about that got quite a what? bit of attention from the Miami Grand Prix dad, and that was <laughs> this kind of two things the the Americanization of the sport because they did this um like how when they have football players come out of the tunnel or you know like they like announced the drivers and you could just tell that the drivers were not a fan of it and i think it i think it does like i think going out to play basketball in front of a crowd where you can hear them cheering and whatever and like and that's very something that here in america we've become accustomed to but i think 
when you're about to go drive a race car at 200 plus miles an hour and those conditions, like a lot of these guys have like a starting ritual and like a headspace that they got to get into. And I think that that, you know, a lot of the drivers said that 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 took them out of the out of that pre warm up, get ready for the race kind of thing. And they didn't really like it. And they they thought it was really silly. And I think a lot, a lot of the European media that I heard said it was absolutely embarrassing and silly. And, <laughs> and I thought so too. I thought like, what, what, what was your opinion of it? Did you watch that even? Oh yeah. And got, you know, we're, we're, we have probably some of the most fittest athletes. Yeah. They're going to be averaging a heart rate of 160 during the race. And let's just give them a little shot of CO2. Yeah. I'm going, okay, well, not only does it look stupid, but I'm sure they didn't appreciate it probably more than we could even imagine. But, and some were uh, like a little bit like, I was like, they called Yuki Sonoda the sm- like smallest on the grid. And I was like, well, he's, they're all small guys actually, well, except George. But yeah. It's that you're calling the Japanese guy the you know like small in stature. I'm like that's a little. Come on, <laughs> waiting for the thick glasses routine too. You know. Oh geez, yeah. right? Like it's, it's yeah, two steps away. Um, well, it was it, was, it really was. I mean, talk about bush league. I, that's just like oh. Well, and then and then um, what was it like? Um, they were like, well, we just want to, you know, do stuff for, for younger fans and make sure that, like, I was like, okay, then why are you having LL Cool J do it? <laughs> the height of his career was, like, 89 into 90, you know? like. Well, they were, they were going for that blast from the past effect. I yeah, the real of. relevance of LL Cool J to bring it. <laughs> Let's do something that we've been doing for the last 50 years. And we'll have a guy who hasn't had a hit in 30 years. So we'll just appeal to that real young, you know, TikTok Gen Z crowd with. <laughs> <laughs> we're real. We're real in touch with what's going on in the world. Speaking uh, about being in touch with reality and what's going on in the world. The other yeah. big news was just the price of food. And the price of this overall, um, you know, if you guys haven't heard, I'm sure a lot of you heard, but if you hadn't, I'm, I'll read off a couple a couple of the, the menu items for you, you know, like a, a nice watermelon and tomato salad. Just a mere $250. <laughs> uh, main, but it feeds four people. Main it feeds lobster four people, roll, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A main lobster yeah. roll is... <laughs> $450 for four people. So that's, you know, you're only paying $125 for a lobster roll. That's not bad. Well, what, what is that like? Like $47 a bite or something? Or How about how about caviar? $400 per ounce. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, an ounce feed four people? I don't think so. Why would they put per ounce on there? I don't know about you, but I, don't I can know. eat an ounce of caviar, no problem. Well, hell, I don't know. I don't think I got the stomach to even try that crap. How about three hundred dollars for some steamed buns? Man, I'll, I'll <laughs> take you to Chinatown and we'll get you some steamed buns for 
four for a dollar. I mean, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, yeah. Let's uh, let's endear the fan uh, to. Plus, was it the the cost for tickets was? It's one of the most like, expensive, like attending, like t- uh, uh, tracks races to attend. Yeah. Because I mean, and I think that's I think that's what's overall like pissing a lot of people off is that like, sure, I get we get that this is a business, we get that you got to make money, but it is a shame that the the people who are actually getting into the sport, like us and younger people and the Drive to Survive crowd, Netflix crowd, I don't know too many people Netflix crowd that you know are like. Drive to Survive fans that I talk to at the, at the at the coffee shop can afford a three thousand dollar ticket and a hundred and twenty five dollar lobster roll. I mean, well, your share, <laughs> your share of a no. That's the that is your share. One hundred and twenty five dollars. I know is your share. That's one sandwich. Yeah, but and then I also I, sent I, you a picture of what some of the food looked like that they're charging, and it's. Oh gosh, yeah, it's trash. Uh, it's trash, trash. I yeah, mean, for that yeah. kind of money, you better be. This is that's Michelin starred prices, man. Well, and then it. I mean, then they wrap it in that foil. And let's not forget that you're eating it in the what parking lot of a should... <laughs> right underneath <laughs> a a freeway overpass <laughs> in Miami, like the. Suburbs of Miami, like you're not, you're not sitting at the at on Rouge in the Ardennes Forest, <laughs> or Tabac Corner at Monaco in the south of France, or R34 at Suzuka. You're in the parking lot of a football stadium under an overpass in Florida. Like, do we have a a, a like a more on the point of what America thinks of itself and what we think like our, what we contribute is worth. Because I know I would trade like, all that money to go somewhere else. And it's just like all of the good things that has started at the circuit of, of the Americas down in Austin that, you know, it just like, just caved that all in. Well, and I mean, basically you can see that the attendance at, at Circuit of the Americas is almost double what it is at Miami. So yeah, charge a little yeah. less, but fill it out. See fans be excited. Remember that this is a, a sport that we're all in love with and we're all just trying to watch, not just a cash. Yeah. Not just a, a a a time to feel special and important, but like it's something that fans have cared about for decades. And it means well, a lot and, to people. And and really, when you think about it, kind of United States, it, they're really kind of in the infancy of of uh, developing or recognizing the passion about Formula One. Yeah, it's and then growing. they pull off something like this that goes, well, who the hell would want to go to that shit show? Well, you know? their attendance and viewership dropped from the previous year by like, a lot, like 600,000 people viewing at least. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Very interesting. There's a lot of people questioning if it will will stay. 
I mean, can 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 the U.S. really support three Grand Prix? And if it well, I think it can, but can it support one real Grand Prix and two spectacles? Or with Miami coming on, or with I mean Las Vegas coming on, will Miami even really feel that special? I think we're gonna have to wait and see how just how special right, you know, like all the the hype around Vegas is is ecstatic. And I think if they're smart at all, they'd be seeing what is happening, what, what happened at Miami. And they, they got to yeah. make, I mean, give them at least a good buffet, $500 buffet, you know, but at least it's all you can eat. <laughs> and you get a choice. And you get some choices. But, you know, and really, well, when we were looking at attending one of these, our United States Grand Prix. Yeah. I mean, we immediately eliminated Miami because of just the cost of the ticket. Well, then in travel, you know. Well, travel. That would And been. then, you know, you know, we're not too far from Vegas. That's more reasonable. And they got meal meals included in your... Uh, your ticket well, price. I'll say, well, the ticket, we were looking at a multi-day ticket price in yeah. every day. There was meals included in that, and it was still – it was less than the Miami ticket. Have you been seeing uh, – you haven't because you're old and you're not on Instagram, but uh-huh. um, Botas this is, this is has a true. Been, this is a truism. It's a truism. Botas has been putting out these deals on his own, like be a guest of Botas, and like he has a gin company, and it's like a – I like, know. It's called Oath that Gin. That was so – And did you know, look at the – so cool. I was like – the my the okay. This is gonna sound like crazy, but like we were looking at just going to Austin, and it, it's gonna cost it would cost two three grand a person, right? With everything, right. you can go to spa and be his his guest and go to his this special event and be trackside for thirty two hundred dollars or thirty two hundred uh, euros. Euro, yeah. I mean, you'd have to get to spa and. You know, but if you live in Belgium and you have a little bit of cash saved up, how are you not immediately buying that? Plus, you know, there's well, going to be gin right. around. It's sponsored by his gin company. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is just. I don't that's get a, it. I mean, the 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 Monaco one was like eight grand, but I mean that even that for Monaco is a deal. I think. For, for Monaco, yeah, you be in his condo. You get to go to his apartment, which is right above the start finish straight. Oh man, I didn't hear all about that, but that is just so cool. Yeah, does, isn't it? it? Makes you want to go and. That's smart. He's the first driver that I've seen to do that. I think that's a really smart idea. Yeah, especially he's, if he's... you've got all these, you know, the world going crazy with the tickets, and you giving because that's truly something special. Getting to be a oh yeah an F one driver, you so think? That's the yeah, dream. That's, that's the dream spot. Watching spot is being one of those. But you know the standing you know right the Toto and in the garage, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> except I'd love to see like they flash to you and me, and they're like, did, did you, you know how it says underneath like who they are? Like it would just be question marks. <laughs> it'd be. It'd be. <laughs> It would be uh, fat Wayne's American World gingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these dudes have a bad case of gingivitis, <laughs> and like it was like uh, 
Wayne's Wayne's World impersonators. Wayne, Wayne's know, World impersonators. Maybe, yeah. Maybe with with <laughs> with more help. I mean, someday the pot it'll be the co-hosts of the Americans Guide to Formula One. Hey, and we'll be in you, the paddock asking drivers questions. Did you see? I don't know. Do, should we call this person a fan of the podcast, or just that we lucked out that he? commented he just in, I think he just liked the post we already talked about this yeah but do you see what he's done at Indy no Will Power <laughs> Will Power is P1 man oh awesome so there you go so, P1 Indy driver Will Power <laughs> I should put that I should <laughs> I should put that on uh, fan, fan like of on the our, podcast on our bio it's like the podcast that the P1 Willpower liked one time on Instagram. <laughs> Don't actually oh, know God. if he listens. If you do, Will, thanks. Like, congrats, yeah. man. Shout out to Willpower. Uh, but he's, man, he's, wait, I mean, he was 230 miles an hour that's with the crazy. qualifier. That's crazy. Just under 230 miles an hour. I'm going, ay, ay, ay. Well, I think that's a good stopping point right there for wait, this episode. Wait, wait, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. What wait. do you think, you know, the trip from the race uh, finish to the podium? I didn't actually Man. watch it, if I'm honest. It was, and this was one of my potential moments with Martin. He was talking about how goofy it looked that they hauled the drivers, um, in a moke mini, mm. just little, <laughs> little goody, like glorified go kart. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, Windsor was just going, "What the hell?" Well, first of all, well, remember, remember last, last year they year, had, yeah, they had the police escort yeah, through the stadium. Yeah, the police. That's what yeah, I'm talking about. Like, why can't we just is. walk? Like they do in every other. <laughs> that's not American. <laughs> that's not. That's not how we do it over here. Now we we make sure we make sure you don't get your exercise. You can't, but you, can't, you know, you in a mo moke mini, a moke moke mini, and it looked like I don't know. It's kind of a cool name, but it was kind of stupid. Well, but you know, but on that note, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Follow along. We'll be back real shortly with another uh, race preview show and a Grand Prix recap for you for the Monaco Grand Prix. Oh, baby. <laughs>